This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. We kick off Black Music Month celebrating black divas who paved the way for pop stars. I mean, would there be a Britney Spears without Janet Jackson? I don't think so. We pay tribute. Cafe Mocha begins now. We have a new woman at the White House. Well, I mean, she was already at the White House. She just has a new position as the first Black Press Secretary, Kareem Jean-Pierre. Yes, this is historic because not only is she the first Black female, but the first openly gay female press secretary. And if um, our listeners remember, we honored her years ago for Salute Her. And we'll post her on, if you follow us on IG or on CafeMochaRadio.com, we will post our snippet of her and getting her award. Corrine is has been very, she's a, a writer. She's been um, the uh, deputy press secretary. So she has filled in for the departing Jen Psaki. Um, but this is historic and this is, is what's, what's needed at this time and showing, you know, diversity and different women in different, uh, especially for black women. This is a, a very historic time for us, you know, but she's going to have um, a ways to go because the press can be relentless. They can be very, um, you know, they can be very dogmatic. And um, I just can't wait for her to say, I said what I said. <laughs> See, that's what, I mean, I'm excited and I'm always excited, but the job of press secretary, you literally get crap thrown at you every day, even from the nice press outlets or the uh, mainstream press outlets. They're still, they want that information and they're coming after you. So I just, for me, I feel like it's going to be a little hard, especially when the guy from Fox News steps up to the mic and says something stupid. It's going to feel like this white dude attacking this black lady. Well, and that's why it's important that we start having um, because we got to get out of this whole thing that everyone attacks us because we're black or that we're a black woman. We have to understand that people, you, you know, are going to look at us differently than we look at ourselves. And it's also important that we start supporting um, our people just like they support their their community. Um, so like, you know, when Katanji Brown Jackson was supported through, you know, Senator Cory Booker, you know, we have to do moments like that because, you know, this isn't like this woman is qualified for the job. Kareen is qualified. She is um, educated. She so there is no reason why she should not have the position. She will be able to handle it. And luckily, she's been able to shadow Jen Psaki this whole time so she could see how to handle the press. She probably knows 
who's going to give her crap or, you know, she'll have herself together. But we have to stop, I think, thinking that we're a monolith as a community. We have to stop thinking that everybody attacks us because of our skin tone, because that doesn't help us at all either. And it, we and we also have to stop thinking that because we make a mistake, it's because we're black. Sometimes you make a mistake because you're human. <laughs> it's not because you, this woman is smart. She's capable. She's educated. And that's what matters. And so I'm all for her. And I just can't wait to see her, you know, take the helm because it's, it's about time and it's long overdue. I want to pivot um, because you've got a event coming up June 10th, right? Yes. June 10th. I have been asked to host a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event. Um, It's called the Equal Justice Now Awards. And this is um, something that is uh, basically um, being hosted. It's the second annual Benjamin Crump Equal Justice Now Awards, and it will be June the 10th. And um, I'm going to be hosting it. And what this does is that they're going to honor different people that help with, you know, making sure that when injustices happen, that they speak up or that they, you know, use their platform. So we have like they're honoring Anthony Anderson, George Clinton, Tommy Hilfiger and Congresswoman Diane Watson. And the thing is, it, it, this award show, this started in collaboration with the civil rights attorney, Ben Crump. It recognizes notable public figures who help to you know, make sure that we have social justice and that we're equal and fair for all. Past uh, people that have been included and been winners have been Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Judge Greg Mathis, uh, Jamil Hill. Um, Willard Jackson. So this is just a wonderful event. I'm happy to host it. This will be Friday, June the 10th in Los Angeles. So you can always come through and, uh, you know, feel good. And, 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 you know, and it's just, I'm just happy to be a part of something like this. And this is the, the things that I will be doing. I, I like to use my platform to shed light and help, you know, uh, people that help us. Another thing that I'm doing is that I'm working with the company Olay and they have something called the soap, the, the body, the body, yeah, body. Mm-hmm. They did a wonderful, uh, it's called the Fearless Artist Series, and they're working to help give exposure to uh, women of color, especially Black women artists. And there's a wonderful woman that they did a showcase with. Her name is Avery Williamson. She's a young artist. And what they did was they used her art and put it on three specific bottles that are dedicated to women of color. Oh, nice. They're going to be nationally sold and it's called the Fearless Artist Series. And you can pick it up at Walmart, places like that. But there are different body washes and they specifically worked with women of color in STEM 
to formulate the body washes based okay. on skin type. So uh, based on my dry ass skin, <laughs> you have one for dry skin. You have one with aloe vera. You have one with vitamin C. This is what I love to work with brands that want to help elevate and give exposure to artists and to women scientists, me being an engineer. So yeah. this is called the Olay Body Wash Fearless Series. They're beautiful. You you cannot miss it because they're, they're beautiful um, uh, colored pieces of bottles. And it's, it's a design by um, a wonderful young Black artist, Avery Williamson. And it's just wonderful. So I want to thank Olay for doing that because this is how we use our platform to help give exposures to the young artists and things like that. Coming up for Black Music Month, Deborah Cox gets honored by Canada. Yolanda Adams has a new TV show and the legendary Miss Melba Moore. Follow us at Cafe Mocha Radio and subscribe to the podcast for all the stuff you missed during the commercial. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, along with Alani Love, joining us right now. She was just inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. The first black woman. (laughs) And my friend. (laughs) Miss Deborah Cox, welcome to Cafe Mocha. Hey, hey, ladies. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Congratulations on this amazing achievement as Lonnie just said first black woman how does that feel amazing amazing so validating you know all the hard work all the sacrifices and um you know it you don't really realize what kind of impact you're making until you see things in retrospect you know and that's just kind of how this whole thing has been I've been able to kind of reflect on all of the the hard work and and see all of the ground that's been um, broken so that Others coming after me will be able to, you know, to be able to have a a career in music. It feels really, really gratifying and and validating. Let's talk about how at first you were rejected by the Hall. Let's talk about that a little bit and how you were able to overcome it. I I think it's all about using the rejection to redirect you, you know, and it's about finding that confidence, even though you don't quite know what direction to take you just got to keep going and at at the time there weren't a lot of outlets there was no real infrastructure a lot of radio stations weren't really supporting r&b or soul music like this was in the early 90s you know what i mean like we didn't have bet i didn't grow up with a lot of the programming that you have here in america so Mm -hmm. it was very very difficult but even with the nose you know we just went to uh you know where there was encouragement and went to places that were going to be very receptive to the music. And one of the stops that we made was, and when I say we, I mean my husband, LaSalle's and I, we, um, we pounded the pavement and we went to Minneapolis and we saw one of the execs at uh, Flight Time where Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were located. And, and she told us, she said, you know, we love the songs on this, but you got to play, you got to write something that we can hear on the radio tomorrow. So we left that meeting really encouraged and we went back to the studio and we wrote a song called Where Do We Go From Here? And that was the song that essentially got my record deal with Clive Davis and and started the whole journey. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like when I look at Canadian artists now, I mean, Drake comes to mind, uh, Leona. Yeah, I mean, you know, (laughs) so many, so many Canadian artists. Is that your fault? Do you no. get credit? Do you get credit for that? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
when you're a pioneer, you're the first, you know, the first to like break the ground and, and make it easier for everyone else to come through and to have opportunity. And, you know, it's about being relentless. You know how it is in this business, um, not just as, as a black person, but as a black woman. And so I was, I've always been very, very ambitious. I've always been, I've always taken the fearless approach and I've always been the type of person that didn't want to be put in a box. I wanted to be able to have the same opportunity as any other artist out there. And for Canadian music being predominantly white at the time, um, I didn't let any of that discourage me. I just kept going. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Uh, Deborah Cox, Canadian singer, songwriter, actress, and record producer. And now she is the first Black woman to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Tell us about mm-hmm. being a backup vocalist for Celine Dion. How exciting was Ooh. that? <laughs> it was amazing. It was a huge opportunity at the time. You know, it was the early 90s. I didn't really have... You know, I was really going from session to session, doing commercial jingles, singing background for different artists. And then this opportunity came up to be her background singer. Uh, we took the bus during a blizzard out to Montreal and, and did the audition. And I got I got the part and I ended up being with her for about four or five months before I realized that I wanted to do my own thing. And although the gig was really it paid a lot. It was great. It was a wonderful opportunity. I still wanted to branch out and do my own thing. So I took a, a chance and, and left the tour and um, continued pounding the pavement and sending out uh, demo tapes. I then finally ask- got to Clive and yeah. yeah. I, want, I definitely want to talk about you being mm-hmm. discovered by Clive Davis, but I want to pause for a minute because yeah. we've all been at the place where we had that really cool job, that really great gig that most people would kill for. Yep. And yep. there's that fork in the road where it's like, yo, I, I'm safe here. This is safe. It's comfortable. Why exactly. would, like, how do you move past that thing that's comfortable and go for the thing fearlessly, the thing that you really want? Well, you know, I think a, a- big part of it is wanting to have my own uniqueness, wanted, wanting to have my own voice. And that was the driving factor, you know, and, and I had a dream, you know, I, I just, I had a dream of doing the exact same thing that she was doing. And I knew that it was just going to take, you know, extra effort and it was going to take really a lot of sacrifice, which meant leaving the tour and just kind of branching out on my own and, and still pounding the pavement and, and networking and meeting different people. But it also meant, you know, really leaving and, and, and traveling. And so we had made a lot of different uh, connections when uh, we were out in L.A. at the time. You know, Arsenio Hall show was popping and Jay Leno was popping. And we just, you know, met different people. And finally, we got it to an exec who got it to Clive Davis's office. And we were managed to uh, take a meeting with him. And he got the vision. You know, that's the other thing. When you get with people that get you, that understand you and understand your artistry, that's like, that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. meeting Clive Davis, he he is a career shaper, a career changer. Yeah. I mean, you know, he I don't want to say created Whitney Houston, but Whitney Houston, <laughs> you know, a big yeah, yeah. Right. You know, so you got to find people that are willing to, you know, do the artist development. You know what I mean? It takes time to build um, and to create icons. It takes it takes music. It takes a lot of records. It takes a lot of recording and a lot of grooming and um, 
you know, helping the artist to feel comfortable in their own skin. Like there's a lot of work and money that needs to be, you know, that to help you put yourself, to put you in that kind of a position. And Clive was really a believer and took the time and, and really rallied the whole company behind me so that I could, um, you know, have my own voice in the industry. I'm very, very thankful for the, for the opportunity, you know, to get out there and, and do my thing. But they don't really do artist development like that anymore, do they? I mean, don't they just Not grab anymore. them off of YouTube and go, okay. Well, that's why everybody is the same now. I mean, you know, just to be quite right. frank, that's why, you know, someone like Deborah Cox is still to this day singing, still making hits, still an original. Right. I mean, that's why. This is, it used to be a time, you know, Deborah, they used to, you know, yep. put you through it. They used to groom you. They used to yeah. make you you know exactly. understand what style was and make you find your own style not now everybody That's right i was listening to the song a song the other day i didn't know if it was ella may or scissor or this uh, right. uh, uh kalani i mean and they're all great girls but it's like they all sound right. and it's no uniqueness and so that's what i'm saying we've lost that you know i mean we we've really lost that um, but you stay true to who you are and to our female listeners, um, you know, how can we, as this women, mm-hmm. in your opinion, mm-hmm. stay true to ourselves, even when it looks like we need to go with everybody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that you will be tempted to kind of go with the flow and just take the easy route, which is, you know, kind of end up blending in and being like everybody else. And it really takes bravery and and courage to step outside of the norm and do your own thing and i would say to any woman that's embarking on this kind of career to like stay true to yourself believe in yourself stick with it don't give up because that one person that says yes can be the person that changes the whole trajectory of your career and in my case that's what happened it was a matter of just being patient a matter of sticking with integrity and really, really just believe, believing in what I was doing, believing that I had something to offer to the industry, you know, and not taking no for an answer. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Deborah Cox, we're just sitting here congratulating her being the first Black woman inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. And, you know, meeting Clive Davis and working with him, you couldn't help but meet the um, iconic Whitney Houston and yeah. can you tell us a little bit about Whitney and your friendship? Well, it was a really, a really beautiful connection. You know, um, I went from thinking that she was going to be a real huge diva to meeting her and really getting to understand that she was really about sisterhood and mentorship. And she really was very, very encouraging. And when you, when you talk to a lot of the artists who came up in the 90s around the time when she was doing her thing, you know, all of us had this real connection with her. And, and it was just that she wanted to see everyone shine. You know what I mean? She was not a selfish performer. She always was, um, you know, very, she, she embraced all of us and knew that all of us had our own vibe and our own thing going. And, and I loved that about her. Um, we had a really great sisterhood, you know, when she was down here in Miami and stuff, we'd connect just outside of music and we talk about family and I mean she's the one that encouraged me to to have um, children and have a family and 
and make sure that I had balance. And every time I saw her, she'd be like, where, you, where them babies at, girl? Where them babies at? <laughs> she was always, <laughs> she was just really encouraging when it came to making sure that the industry was about having balance and living a life, you know what I mean? And making sure that, um, that I had both. And, and I really appreciated that as a, as a young artist coming up, you know, that's not the kind of advice that you always get from people. You know? That's definitely the opposite of the kind of advice that you get from people. Girl, you need to focus right. on your career. You need to make that money exactly. while you're young and firm. Right. Don't be out there. You know, Deborah, it is so nice to hear you say that about Whitney Houston, because so often, <laughs> and not necessarily about Whitney, but about women right. in general, it's always the caddy. It's always there's, there's not enough room for everyone. There's always the feuding. Right that the rumored feuding so it's beautiful to hear that you know Whitney was like come on girl get yours I love it right yeah yeah I mean we would be at the Clive parties of Tony Braxton Faye Monica Shanice you know Shantae like all of us and we all have the same um response when it comes to her that she was just like the big sister who embraced all of us, because she knew the kind of um, impact that she had on all of us. We all listened to her, you know what I mean? And we all just, you know, loved her voice and were influenced. And I think that's really, that's a real star. You know what I mean? When you don't have to dim your light for other people um, to feel comfortable. And she was, she was just that kind of superstar. She really was this incredible, gentle soul of a woman who had a big, big heart and and a love for for music she just loved music art tells a story your story and inspires others in your community to do the same this black history month aarp is celebrating the undeniable impact and contributions of black art and artists everywhere we're thrilled to celebrate these creators over 50. Through their work and persistence, they make society a better place by bringing us all closer together. Learn more at aarp.org slash black community. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Uh, Deborah Cox, Canadian singer, songwriter, actress, and record producer. And now she is the first black woman to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. In 2015, three years after Whitney's tragic death, um, you were asked to provide the vocals for Angela Bassett's Houston biopic, um, Whitney. Uh, how right. was you to do this um, in honor of your friend? Well, you know, when Angela <laughs> calls, <laughs> you take that call. And mm -hmm. she really had a vision for, for, you know, this was her directorial debut for the, the biopic. And she really wanted to make sure that the music represented her well. And so did I, you know, being a fan and being someone who really wanted to see um, her represented correctly and and when she asked me to do it, I was like, anything you need. You know, I literally flew out there. We went to, into the studio and I cut like six songs that night. I mean, it was, a, it was the time frame was very quick, but we made sure that we, you know, crossed every T and dotted every I and made sure that we represented, you know, the best that we could. And, and we wanted to make sure that the piece was 
was represented in a real respectful way. So um, it was any any time I'm asked to do something like that, I just approach it with humility, you know, because it's about paying homage to her legacy. And um, and I felt really, really honored to do it. I want to back up because you said you did six songs. And that was not easy because people need to understand. Let let people know what you have to do with those things. You got to know the melody, the lyrics, you know. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're absolutely right. The melody, the lyrics, you got to make sure when you go and you sing in the the right, with the right tonality, with the right intonation, with the right fullness um, and the right sentiment. I mean, Angela would be in there giving me direction. Okay, in this scene, this is happening. And, and you know, she's, you know, really distraught. So you got to keep that in mind. So I had to really act and sing as well, you know, and, and let people feel the emotion of the scene. It wasn't just about singing the songs like a record. So there was a real, um, you know, we had to be really sensitive with the approach taken, you know, to sing the songs. So while we didn't have a whole lot of time, we really were very, you know, precious about it. And we wanted to make sure that it was done right. We're talking to Deborah Cox since we're, we are talking about Whitney, her legacy. You also played in the bodyguard, starred in the role that on stage. Right. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to talk about that because man, you had to sing the song, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? That <laughs> song. I, say, I saw it and it was fabulous. And Lonnie was there. Yes, yeah, we were Lonnie, there. everybody came out to support. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it's always, and, and thanks for that. You know, thank you for always being there to support, you know, it, it means a lot. And I, and that's part of, again, being a woman in this industry that you don't hear a lot about is just the camaraderie and the sisterhood that we all have for each other and our art and our work and what we're doing. You know, that's important. The bodyguard, and- I knew I had big shoes to fill, you know, mm-hmm. I knew it was a huge undertaking and I knew that people were going to come, you know, ready and waiting to hear that, you know, I will always love you. I knew that. Um, but again, I, I went in with, with a lot of reverence and I went in with a lot of respect and I just did the best that I could to, to create the essence of her, which was, you know, this, this, the real true genuine spirit and love of music that she had. And I, and that was my approach. I just approached every song with a very pure connection and, and that was it. And I just kind of let, let God use, use me and just kept it moving. <laughs> and, um, and I got through the tour, you know, how do you like doing Broadway? Cause it's different than touring. You were in Aida. I saw you yes. in Jekyll and Hyde, which was great. I oh, mean, that's totally different than, you know. Yes. It's very yeah. different. It's like walking a tightrope. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. There's the lighting, there's the other cast members, there's, you know, the dancers and the crew. And the, it's, it's, you know, storytelling and it's always moving and going. And there's no, no, uh, no stopping, you know, you just got to like, there's just no safety net. And, um, and that's the challenging part, but that's also the fun part. I kind of like the edge of, of that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just diving into it and seeing what happens. And it's, it's a lot of fun, but it really takes a lot of discipline. You got to really take care of your voice. You got to take care of yourself. You got to really be disciplined about your approach um, every single night. Cause it's, you know, that audience wants to see an amazing show and you got to find ways to reserve your uh, 
and preserve yourself so that you can do all six performances that week. Sometimes two show days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? but you you've yeah. been fabulous with it. I mean, I never missed a chance to to see you. And the one thing, Angelique, that um, I remember early on, this was years ago, that Deborah encouraged me to do was drink teas. She sent me mm-hmm. a set of teas, and I've always <laughs> remembered now to drink my tea because it really. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Yes, let's let's talk about the benefit of of drinking teas, Deborah. Yes, yes. Well, the benefits. I mean, there's so many different teas out there that you can take for relaxation. Ones that can help you um, soothe your cords. You know, the slippery elm, the zinc. There's so many wonderful properties in teas that you can take, and and there's a whole plethora of 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 versions and and types out there. Um, But I think the main thing really is hydration. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's really that simple, tons and tons of water. And you, and you know, you being, um, you know, in radio and broadcasting and, and acting and speaking a lot and doing shows, you gotta, you gotta also rest, you know, and, and be mindful of just like taking care of yourself and giving yourself that time to recharge. Definitely. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Deborah Cox, first black mm-hmm. woman inducted to the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. So, Deborah, we're going to get some new music. Mm-hmm. When? What's, what's, yeah. what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have been working at it. I know people have been hearing me say this for so long. But, you know, the pandemic caused a lot of us to kind of pivot and change and do things. And it slowed a lot of things down, especially on the music tip. You know, it took a long time for the industry to kind of get back on its feet as far as live performances. But the good thing is that we are back and we're trying to, you know, we're finding new ways to get to our audiences again. And I have been working on this album for a while and it's finally done. And I'm in the mixing process of it now. So in the next few months, we'll have some new music out. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. Make sure you, when you get it, drop it off uh-huh. here at Cafe Mocha. Call of us course. back so we can talk about it. And congratulations yeah. for, you. you know, being inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and paving the way for, you know, for some amazing artists to follow you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the, the love and the 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 unwavering support you all have always just given me so much love and I appreciate it. Well, That's just what us, keeps me going, you know? Keeps you make me us proud, Deborah. You make us proud and you make me <laughs> on my toes because you look good, girl. Follow Deborah <laughs> on IG, also DebraCox.com. Uh, you will not yes. be disappointed. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you, ladies. Hope to see you soon. All the way, we're talking to the host of the own Black Dating Show, Ready to Love. That's next. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. WNBA star Brittany Griner has spent almost four months in a Russian jail. Robin Roberts talked to her wife, Sherelle. I know that you want to speak with President Biden. Absolutely. I just keep hearing that he has the power. She's a political pawn, so if they're holding her because they want you to do something, then I want you to do it. Colin Kaepernick worked out with the Raiders, but Stephen A. Smith wonders if he's going to be good enough. 
Y'all constantly talk about how tough it is to play in the National Football League. And you got the best athletes on the planet. And we just going to act like this brother can walk on the field after a six-year hiatus and still be that guy? Former football star Herschel Walker may become a senator in Georgia after the tragic shooting in Texas. What kind of laws would he pass? You know, Cain, Kia, Abel. You know, and uh, you know, and that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that's looking at uh, just social media? Please vote. That's the espresso. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo on the line. You know him from Ready to Love. We've got <laughs> comedian Tommy Miles and, like I said, the fearless host of Ready to Love. Tommy, welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Now, you know, you're, you, you follow, like, Ready to Love. For people that haven't seen it, explain to people, because I love the show and I love you on it, but for people that haven't seen it, explain what it's about. Ready to Love is a is a dating show, but it's, you know, it's not your, it's not your typical dating show. We're not talking about people in their 20s. We're talking about people in their late 30s, 40s, some in their 50s. These are people that have, you know, these are people that are divorced. These are people that have been married to their, to their occupation, to their careers, and now they have decided that they want to find love. So we start off with 10 men, 10 women. It's a process of elimination. By the time we get to the end of the journey, we are down to six people, three couples, hopefully uh, three couples who have found love. But women eliminate men, men eliminate women, and it just keeps going back and forth. And you you, you rooting from your from your couch at your house because you got a certain group, certain couple you want to get together. You got some people you want to be that have sent home. You just and you in it, and and it's a roller coaster ride. This is this is that grown and sexy black love right here. Yeah, yeah, you accepting people like Angelique because I'm tired of her being single. <laughs> And put her on the show, please. She needs well, come some. on, Angelique. She needs next, next, next season is Miami, so come come with me. Oh, wow. That it's sounds so- like it'll require a bathing suit. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, like, I know a lot of people watch the show and want to know, how do I get on that? So how do you get on the show? You know, it actually has to be in your city. Like when, this, when you know, we started off in Atlanta. So everyone on the show are, you know, people that live in Atlanta. We did two seasons there. We did two seasons in Houston. And uh, and now we're finishing up our second one that we did in D.C. And the next, you know, the next stop is, is, uh, is Miami. And we'll be there for two seasons. So it's moving around. So you never know. When it comes to your city, you just got to be ready and be single. That's the most important thing. We didn't have people pull up, get out, come in, get interviewed. Yeah, you're going to be good for the show. And meanwhile, I got to hurry and get back to my wife. She waiting on me. What? What you talking about? You married? Come on, dog. Really? You married? You came in here and went through this whole interview. You, you, we can, we finna put you on the show and your ass is married. Are you serious? Oh my God. That is hilarious. Have you had any great couples? link up any professional couples or any great stories of of those who have come on the show you know we, we we've had some great stories we've got some people that you you've seen them on the show and they didn't they didn't connect with each other and then we find out later oh my god they're dating they're they talking about getting married so it it, it happens it's cafe mocha <laughs> We're talking about Ready to Love. It's on OWN Friday nights. 
you know, Tommy, I want to ask you for people who live and have lived in different cities. I mean, you used to live in LA, then you right. in Atlanta, you know, do mm-hmm. different cities have different dating personalities and profiles and ways they move about? I think so. I think, I think there's different vibes. Uh, Atlanta is in a, in a class all by itself. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of single people in Atlanta and, and, and that just, that throws me, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a crazy ratio, uh, ratio in Atlanta. I mean, it's 20, 20 ladies to one man. If you did the ratio in Atlanta, so, you know, every man has, has his pick at what he wants. And it's, that's kind of, that's gotta be a little lopsided for, for the ladies because, you know, their, their pickings are, are a little lesser than, uh, than, the, than what the men have. And then Houston's kind of pretty much 50, 50, but the vibes are different. The, the, um, the nightlife is different in Houston. Uh, Lonnie, you can contest to that. You, you, you Houston back in the day, right? Yeah. All day. Prairie <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it it changes. DC was different to me. I, just me being there, living there for the amount of time uh, it took for us to shoot the show, it, it just felt like a different vibe. So there are there are different vibes every time we move, and you never know, know what you're gonna get. Yeah, because you come to Detroit, you gonna need some uh, bodyguards. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a bodyguard. You need a mink coat. Just a lot of stuff you gotta have when you're in Detroit. Yeah, that's the one I want to see. Come to Detroit. Get that royal blue. Everybody got them royal blue uh, on from head to toe. Yeah, you come to Detroit. I, I'm not going down Detroit. Some of my favorite people are from Detroit, Lonnie. I love Detroit. I went on one date in Detroit. We went to a pizza spot downtown. He didn't say one word to me during the date. And then afterwards, he wanted a kiss and wanted to go out again. And I was like, didn't say one word on the date. I mean, it was like pulling teeth, nephew Tommy. I'm just telling you. You know, I, I watch oh out for a living. You know what I'm saying? So I, <laughs> I got conversation game. Okay. He ain't saying nothing. Like one word answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. I'll go home and I'll see you next weekend. <laughs> but Tommy, what's your dream? You know, then other than the cities you've already been, what are some, you know, your wishes for other cities? Where would you like to go? Uh, you know what? Miami was was one of them, but I'd like to see. I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the fence, Lonnie. With do I want LA or do I not want LA? No. And if I get LA, am, am I gonna get some real people? Am I gonna get some fake people? You and already that's know. That's my problem. You already yeah. know. <laughs> I think <laughs> New York. New York is great because yeah. I'd love to do now. New York will work. Yeah, New York. Yeah. You always gonna get real people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, New York and North Carolina, North Carolina. You know I'm all down for that. You think Charlotte would be good? Charlotte yeah. would be great. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte would be great. Charlotte, and it's beautiful. You'd be able to get some beautiful shots out there in Charlotte. So, ready to love on own Friday nights, hosted by Thomas Miles. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Tommy. Oh, uh, thank you guys for having me. Y'all want me some more? Y'all call me. I'll, I'll definitely jump on the line with y'all. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't already, click the purple circle on your iPhone, type in Cafe Mocha Radio, and subscribe to the podcast. Get it delivered right to your phone. Hear the full conversation. And until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.